0: If you have your Bibles, go ahead and take them and turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, going at lightning speeds, and aren't you glad? Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 through 5 is where we'll be today. I'll read verses 1 through 5 while you turn. If you have any trouble, check the index. Um, Let me ask you a few questions. That's a joke. No one laughed. It's okay. How important is light? You can imagine the significance of light to everything. Without it, there's no beauty, there's no color, there's no appreciation of anything in creation. Without light, not only is there no beauty, color, or appreciation, there's no naturally life. For plants, for humanity, there's no enjoyment. There's no existence. Everything about life that we know actually is proceeding from light. And turning to Genesis today, we come to a passage that in so many ways portrays the most important Christian principles. Verses 3 through 5 of Genesis 1 tell us the most foundational Christian principles, such as the importance of God's revelation. Let there be light. The importance of God's character. God is light. The importance of the, the revealed will of God for right and wrong for leading your lives. Light, simple darkness. The way to live, the way not to live. Just simple things coming out of Genesis the first day teaching us about the Christian life and about our God and about how to live. Uh, But we're going to try and endeavor to look at this first day. And aren't you excited? Uh, But before we do, uh, I'm going to pray. And then with your Bible open, we're going to read Genesis 1, 1 through 5. And we'll jump into verse 3. But let's pray together and ask God's blessing. Our gracious God and heavenly Father, as we look at the first day with light, we do pray. Holy Spirit, come and illumine our eyes. We are in great need for you to come And cause this word, as you did in the beginning, to be illumined in our own hearts. And so, Lord of all, come and give light to all of us here. That we might see and that we might savor the Savior. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, I'll read verses 1 through 5. Give careful attention to it. This is not the words of sinning. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. In the darkness He called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Amen. mountain the grass withers, and the flower falls, but the Word of God endures forever. May rise truths on our hearts. My well, brothers and sisters, today I have a proposition and two points for you which are in your bulletin. Proposition, hear God speak. Hear God speak, creating light and declaring light good. Hear God speak, creating light and declaring light good. Hear God speak, creating light. See the beginning of verse 3. And God said, let there be light. Now you'll remember that last week we saw the picture. We saw the earth being formless and with nothing composing it and void with nothing filling it. The materials with which God works in the beginning... Are nothing. Ex nihilo, but not even light, but described as a sea in verse 2. Without air, without life, without anything that we know as composing life. And we saw the encouragement last week, right? That the Spirit is coming in before the Lord even speaks a word, the Spirit is hovering over the waters as it were, to prepare the dark primordial waters for life and creation. We saw last week that the Spirit is preceding the first creation over the waters. And we saw the humbling nature of that. And we saw the humbling nature that He not only does that in the first creation, He does it in the second creation. That it is not because of our intelligence is not because of our will to believe, but it's because of the mighty eruptions of the Spirit upon the first creation that brings forth life and light. And now we come to the first recorded words of God in Scripture. And I want you, before we see those particular words, to grasp The encouragement of the first three words of verse three. It says, And God said, Into the emptiness, into the voidness, God speaks the word. Aren't you grateful that the Lord speaks? The, the, the first creation apart from the means of the Word of God and the Spirit working in the Word would not have been made. But aren't you grateful the Lord speaks? We don't always live as though we're grateful for the Word of God. But I want you to imagine life without Scripture. The effects upon society alone would be a travesty how the Lord has used His Word to maintain order in even the societies of this world. But imagine for you as a Christian to not have, and God said, you would remove from us all instruction, all hope, all life, all comfort, all guiding, all of our sword, all of our strength, all of our knowledge of not only Him, but of ourselves. It is one of the greatest graces that God can ever give you is to have this word before you. And God said. He's going to do it throughout this chapter. Verse 6, and God said. Verse 9, and God said. Verse 11, and God said. Verse 14, and God said. Verse 20, and God said. God speaks. And I want you to know that the Spirit does not work In no ways apart from this, the word of God. I want you to see what God said. See the words that the Lord speaks. And God said, let there be light. The result, and there was light. The first words spoken by God recording in Scripture concern this one thing. Light. It's not an accident. The Lord's first declared actions for creation are to bring light into the first creation. The Apostle John tells us that God is light, right? And in him is no darkness at all. And here we see that. I want you to notice that before the sun and the stars are created in day four, light is shining in day one. And if you ask the question, where is the light coming from? It's coming from God himself. We'll hit upon this in point two more fully. But why make light? He makes light that his works may be visible for all to see. That they might not only be visible, but his works might be enjoyed. You couldn't enjoy the mountains. You couldn't enjoy the deer or the elk or the bear or anything else in all of creation. If the Lord does not do this, make light to shine. But he not only makes things visible and enjoyable, but he also makes it to where he might be known in what he creates. Romans 1. That the works that God is evident through the things that he has made. But parallel to this is the first work. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. The God who said, and let there be light, has spoken the light of the gospel into the hearts of believers. The same thing God does in the first creation, he does at the beginning of the second creation. The God who says, let there be light in the first creation, speaks into the darkness of our hearts in the second creation to say, let the light of the gospel shine. And He illumines us to see the Christ of the Scriptures and that we might be born anew through Him. But I want you to see that right before and God said, let there be light, very importantly, I'll emphasize it yet again here, you see, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters The ordinary way in which the Spirit works is through the Word, is the application here. If you're in need of the Spirit's work in your life, but you do not spend time in the Word of God, you're removing yourself from the very instrument in which He brings new life. So let me tell you, Christian, if you are unsatisfied with the light that you have, but are separating yourselves from His Word, you are cutting yourself from the way in which the Spirit works life in the believer. If you would walk in the light, saturate yourself in the light of His Word, what does the psalmist say? Your Word is a lamp. To my feet and a light to my path. The Spirit preceded the word and also gave efficacy to the word to bring it to fruition and birth the universe gloriously. Upon God speaking, there's that statement. Did you see it in verse 3? And there was light. I want you to realize this concerning God. His will will be done. Nothing thwarts him. God speaks and it comes to be. The plans of his heart have never failed. God wills light and so he speaks and what happens? Light comes to being. This happens again when the word of God actually comes into the world, right? You see it in John 2. Jesus, He's standing before a jar of water. And He doesn't even speak. Why? Because He's the Word incarnate, the present Word in front of the water at the wedding of Canaan. And it doesn't even say He said anything to the water. He just told the servants, draw the water. And they drew it and the water became wine. Why? Because He willed it. And it came to be. As said before, nothing thwarts him and nothing stands in his way. He wills it and it is. We ought to be the most thankful people in the world. We have a God who wills light into creation. Aren't you glad you don't live in darkness physically? What kind of God creates colors? Why is the sky blue? Well, we not only have a God who wills light in creation, we have a God who wills light in the souls of His people. And He has given us the light of the world. The God who spoke light would ultimately become the light of the world coming in Christ. That we might not remain in darkness, but might be delivered from the darkness of this world. It says He came to deliver us from the kingdom, the domain of darkness, Colossians 1.13, and deliver us into the light of the sun, the kingdom of the sun. Isn't it good that we have a God who is so gracious and full of light Himself that He echoes light into this creation? And the first creation God speaks and the Spirit illumines the Word and brings all things to be. And in the second creation, what does he do? He does the exact same thing. It says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of Christ, Romans 10:17. And what does the Spirit do? Ephesians 1:17. The Spirit works through the revelation of the knowledge of Him to make us into His image. Which you see again in that same passage we quoted last week with Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. Prophesy to the breath. What does he do? The word and the spirit come together to make new life in the bones, the dry bones in the wilderness, in that in that desert. And so, simple application. If you're in darkness, you need the word of God and the spirit of God to come upon you. Don't neglect your Bible. Do not neglect this one thing and God said. Because His Word is light. And pray that His Spirit would illumine that Word and cause your heart to see. Jesus came that we might no longer live in the domain of darkness. And you and I do ourselves a disservice by neglecting our Bibles. I want you to hear God speak, creating light. And I want you to hear God speak, declaring light good. See what he says in verse four. Verse four, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Said, verse 3, and God saw, verse 4, and God separated, verse 4 and verse 5, and God called. You see the progression? God said, saw, separated, called. I want you to get the emphasis here. It is important to keep the main things the main things, And all things in this passage, all these verbs, are proceeding from God's powerful workings through His Word. All things find their root in the Word of God, being wrought in the heart of creation, the first creation, through the Spirit of God. And notice what happens. God's Word comes. That which He said comes to follow. And then He interprets it for you. Um, It's an evening service, so I can go a little theologian in this way. But theologians often call this a word-event-word progression. And actually, your whole Bible fits into this category. The Lord tells you the Messiah is coming, Right? In the Old Testament, Genesis 3 15, all the way through the prophets. The Messiah comes in the Gospels, and then the apostles and the prophets interpret his coming. The whole Bible fits into this whole scheme of verse 3. God said, it came to be, and then God interpreted it, that it was good. Word, event, word. The Bible, big picture and here particularly god saw something in particular god saw what that the light was good this is a moral pronouncement and it happens throughout genesis 1 it happens in verse 4 and god saw the light was good and happens in verse 10 and god called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathering together he called seas and god saw that it was good verse 12 18 21 25 God saw that it was good right it's not a relative judgment on god's part it is a moral pronouncement things are not good to god because of pragmatic reasons But things are good because the object is good in itself and it reveals the nature of its creator. All goodness is from the one who is truly good. Apart from him, you don't know good, which is why our culture lives in such blindness. God dictates right and wrong here. Now, as I mentioned before, incredibly, the first day of creation involves the creation of light. But you'll notice there's no sun, there's no moon, there's no stars. And so where's the light coming from? It's coming from the one who is actually in himself, 1 John 1.5, light. This happens again at the end of your Bible. Revelation 21, verses 22 through 25 John the Revelator says these words of the city. And I saw no temple in the city. For its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine in it. For the glory of God gives it light. And its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk. And the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day. And there will be no night there. In the new creation that Jesus is making, get it, there will be no sun. And there will be no moon. And there will be no night Everything comes back to the first day of creation. And who is the true light? God gives it light. And the Lamb. We're called to worship. Psalm 36, 9. In your light do we see light. The first thing God creates in the universe is light, which is from and through Himself and through His Son. What does John 1 say? In Him is life. And His life is the light that that shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Brothers and sisters, we learned something very important about God in verse 3 and 4. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. The first thing, application that we need to see is God makes this separation in verse 4. Notice, and God separated the light from the darkness. Light ought not to dwell with darkness. These things are separated and distinguished by their maker in verse 4 of your Bible. The Apostle John goes to tell you that a believer ought not to dwell or to live in sin or to lie. Right? 1 John 1 verses 6 through 10. What does he say? If a man says that he has fellowship with God, but walks in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. God teaches us in verse four of the Bible that light and darkness ought not to dwell together. Peculiarly, in verse four, God gives the declaration that light is good but he does not tell you that darkness is good. And in doing so, he tells you that which is morally upright and in in line with his character, and he tells you that which is not. If you dwell in darkness, know this, you cannot say you're in fellowship with the God who made all things. The Lord teaches us that He gives no approval to darkness. In the very beginning, He tells us such things. And He tells us that at the end of all things, when He creates all things new, there's no more night. There's no more darkness. The Lord... In the beginning makes darkness that the sun might rid the world of darkness, that he might put his son's light on display. He ultimately shows this at the cross, doesn't he? It's where light and darkness come together without separation. Remember, Jesus, he said, "I am the light of the world," John 8:12, and we see the light of the world on the cross. And what does it say in Matthew 27, verse 45? It says, and darkness was over the face of the earth yet again. The Son of God hangs on the cross, and the light of the world and darkness come together, that the light might dispel the world of darkness, and that there might be no more night in the new world. Jesus comes, he says, to make his, to a spiritual kingdom. And he wins the victory by being consumed for three hours in darkness that he might on that Lord's day bring forth the light of life. You know that God rules over the darkness and the day by this one thing in verse 5. He names them. Verse 5, and God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. I say, I've said it many times, but you only name something if you rule it, if it belongs to you. And in God naming the light and the darkness, He takes ownership of them. He says, I rule them. They don't work independently of me. They work by my own appointed purpose. They'll work for day and evening and night. The day is the Lord's and the night is the Lord's. They're not opposing him or opposing forces. He controls them. He appoints when they come. He appoints when they go. And brothers and sisters, since God appoints the light and he appoints the darkness, Matthew Henry said, Let us use both to His honor. By working for Him every day and resting in Him every night. Meditating on His law both day and night that all things which He has made might return to Him in glory. Ultimately, one day you will hear a declaration Perhaps that's something along the lines of, Behold, the Lamb is our light. There's coming a day where because of the cross and because of Jesus' elimination of the darkness on that day, that all you will know as a believer is light. And what a glorious day that will be. Well, brothers, I want you to hear God speak, creating light. I want you to hear God speak, declaring Light, good. Let's pray together. Our gracious God and heavenly Father, we thank you for the light of the world, for the Lord Jesus who not only is the light in verse 3, but will be our light forever. We praise you for our Savior, and we do pray, come and help each one of us to forsake darkness and to live in the light of life. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.